0: Hey Bible reading friends, it's March 8th, and this is the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. My name is Blake Farley, and I am super honored to have you on this journey with me. And today's Old Testament reading begins in Numbers chapter 10. It's gonna end in Numbers chapter eleven, verse 23. Let's jump in. Numbers chapter 10, beginning of verse 1, as always, out of the New Living Translation. Now, the Lord said to Moses, Make two trumpets of hammered silver for calling the community to assemble and for signaling the breaking of camp. When both trumpets are blown, everyone must gather before you at the entrance of the tabernacle. But if only one trumpet is blown, then only the leaders, the heads of the clans of Israel, must present themselves to you. Then you must sound the signal to move on. The tribes camped on the east side of the tabernacle must break camp and move forward. When you sound the signal a second time, the tribes camped on the south will follow. You must sound short blast as the signal for moving on. But when you call the people to an assembly, blow the trumpets with a different signal. Only the priest, Aaron's descendants, are allowed to blow the trumpets. This is a permanent law for you to be observed from generation to generation. When you arrive in your own land and go to war against your enemies who attack you, sound the alarm with the trumpets. Then the Lord your God will remember you and rescue you from your enemies. Blow the trumpets in times of gladness too, sounding them at your annual festivals and at the beginning of each month, and blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and peace offerings. The trumpets will remind your God of his covenant with you. I am the Lord your God. In the second year of after Israel's departure from Egypt, on the 20th day of the second month, the cloud lifted from the tabernacle of the covenant. So the Israelites set out from the wilderness of Sinai and traveled on from place to place until the cloud stopped in the wilderness of Paran. When the people set out for the first time, following the instructions the Lord had given through Moses, Judah's troops led the way. They marched behind their banner, and their leader was Nishon, son of Aminadab. They were joined by the troops of the tribe of Issachar, led by Nathaniel, son of Zur, and the tri- troops of the tribe of Zebulun, led by Elab, son of Helon. Then the tabernacle was taken down in the Gershonite and the Merarite divisions of the Levites were next in line of march, carrying the tabernacle with them. Reuben's troops went next, marching behind their banner. Their leader was Elizyar son of Shadur. They were joined by the troops of the tribe of Simeon, led by Shamil, son of Zereshaddai, and the troops of the tribe of Gad, led by Lesiath, son of Deul. Next came the Kohite division of the Levites, carrying the sacred objects from the tabernacle before they arrived at the next camp. The tabernacle would already be set up at its new location. Ephraim's troops went next, marching behind their banner. Their leader was Elishapha, son of Minidab. They were joined by the troops of the tribe of Manasseh, led by Gemel, son of Pedizur, and the troops of the tribe of Benjamin, led by Adiar, son of Gideon. Dan's troops went last, marching behind their banner and serving as the rearguard for all the tribal camps. Their leader was Ahizar, son of Amishidad. They were joined by the troops of the tribe of Asher, led by Pegiel, son of Orkron, and the troops of the tribe of Naphtali, led by Aharion, son of Enon. This was the order in which the Israelites marched division by division. One day Moses said to his brother-in-law, Hobab, son of Raul, the Midianite, We are on our way to the place the Lord promised us, for he said, I will give it to you. Come with us, and we will treat you well, for the Lord has promised wonderful blessings for Israel. But Hobab replied, No, I will not go. I must return to my own land and family." Please don't leave leave us, Moses pleaded. You know the places in the wilderness where we should camp. Come be our guide. If you do, we'll share with you all the blessings the Lord gives us. They marched for three days after leaving the mountain of the Lord with the Ark of the Lord's Covenant moving ahead of them to show them where to stop and rest. As they moved on each day, the cloud of the Lord hovered over them. And whenever the Ark set out, Moses would shout, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. Let them flee before you. And when the Ark was set down, he would say, Return, O Lord, to the countless thousands of Israel. Moving into chapter 11, verse 1. Soon the people began to complain about their hardship, and the Lord heard everything they said. Then the Lord's anger blazed against them, and he sent a fire to rage among them, and he destroyed some of the people in the outskirts of the camp. Then the people screamed to Moses for help, and when he prayed to the Lord, the fire stopped. After that, the area was known as Tebera, which means the place of burning, because fire from the Lord had burned among them there. Then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt, and the people of Israel also began to complain. Oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. We remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. Yeah, but do you guys remember that you were slaves? <laughs> do you remember the labor? No, we just remember the fish. Continuing on, verse 5. And we had all the cucumbers, melons, and leeks, and onions, and garlic we wanted. But now our appetites are gone. All we ever see is this manna. You know, the magical bread that falls from the sky. Oh, that's all we get. Isn't it amazing how people uh, just can complain at any time? How God's provision for us that was once so beautiful can become so bland. It's just amazing. And it's kind of encouraging to me because it's just part of human nature. Uh, For thousands of years, since the times... Of Moses. This is how people have been. Verse four. Then the foreign rabble who were travelling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt, and the people of Israel also began to complain. All right, verse seven. The manna looked like small coriander seeds, and it was pale yellow like gum resin. The people would go out and gather it from the ground. They made flour by grinding it with hand mills, or pounding it in mortars. Then they boiled it in a pot and made it into flat cakes. These cakes tasted like pastries baked with olive oil. The manna came down on the camp with the dew during the night. Moses heard all the family standing in the doorways of the tents whining, and the Lord became extremely angry. Moses was also very aggravated, and Moses said to the Lord, Why are you treating me, your servant, so harshly? Have mercy on me. What did I do to deserve the burden of all these people? Did I give birth to them? Did I bring them into the world? Why did you tell me to carry them in my arms like a mother carries a nursing baby? How can I carry them to the land you swore to give their ancestors? Where am I supposed to get the meat for all these people? They keep whining to me, saying, give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. The load is far too heavy. If this is how you intend to treat me, just go ahead and kill me. Do me a favor and spare me this misery. (laughs) Then the Lord said to Moses, gather before me 70 men who are recognized as elders and leaders of Israel. Bring them to the tabernacle to stand there with you. I will come down and talk to you there. I will take some of the spirit that is upon you, and I will put the same spirit upon them also. They will bear the burden of the people along with you, so you will not have to carry it alone. And say to the people, Purify yourselves, for tomorrow you will have meat to eat. You were whining, and the Lord heard you when you cried. Oh, for some meat. We were better off in Egypt. Now the Lord will give you meat, and you will have to eat it. And it won't be for just a day or two, or for five or ten or even twenty. You will eat it for a whole month until you gag and are sick of it. For you have rejected the Lord who is here among you, and you have whined to him, saying, Why do we ever leave Egypt? God says, You want meat? I'll give you meat. Verse 21. But Moses responded to the Lord There are 600,000 foot soldiers here with me, and yet you will say, I will give them meat for a whole month? Even if we butchered all our flocks and herds, would that satisfy them? Even if we caught all the fish in the sea, would that be enough? Then the Lord said to Moses, Has my arm lost its power? Now you will see whether or not my word comes true. Does that sound reminiscent of any New Testament story? It should if you are uh, really pretty well versed in the Bible. If you're not, that's fine. But if you've read a lot of the New Testament, you should be thinking of Jesus when he feeds the 5,000. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got uh, themes there. And Jesus, when he feeds the 5,000, the whole point is not the bread, but the fact that he is the provision. They want more bread, and he's like, No, no. The bread, you'll you'll be hungry after you eat it. But I am the living, eternal bread that will fully and totally satisfy you. Moving into the New Testament, Mark chapter 14, beginning in verse 1, ending in verse 21. It was now two days before Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. The leading priests and teachers of religious law were looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the Passover celebration, they agreed, or the people may riot. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at home, at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. But Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want to. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could do and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, went to the leading priest to arrange to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted when they heard why he had come, and they promised to give him money. So he began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. On the first day of the Festival of Unleavened Bread, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, Jesus' disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go to prepare the Passover meal for you? So Jesus sent two of them into Jerusalem with these instructions. As you go into the city, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. At the house he enters, say to the owner, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where where you should prepare our meal. So the two disciples went into the city and found everything just as Jesus had said, and they prepared the Passover meal there. In the evening, Jesus arrived with the twelve. As they were at the table eating, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, one of you eating with me here will betray me. Greatly distressed, each one asked in turn, Am I the one? He replied, It is one of you twelve who is eating from this bowl with me. For the Son of Man must die, as the scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible it will be for the one who betrays him. It would be far better for that man if he had never been born. And now moving to our Proverbs of the day. It's going to be Proverbs chapter 10, verses 31 and 32. The mouth of the godly gives wise advice, but the tongue that deceives will be cut off. The lips of the godly speak helpful words, but the mouth of the wicked speak perverse words. And finally, we will be praying through Psalm 51, uh, reading Psalm 51 in a posture of prayer. It's a bit longer, so I'll read the whole thing and pray at the end. For the choir director, a psalm of David regarding the time Nathan the prophet came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. Verse 1. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proven right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but you desire honestly from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire a sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Look with favor on Zion and help her. Remind the walls, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with the sacrifices offered in the right spirit, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will again be sacrificed on your altar. Lord, give us the same humility as David in this psalm, broken as sinners, realizing our need for you, so that when we trust in you, we will become you say that we are to be, not because of what we've done, but because of what Christ does on our behalf, Uh, that he has died on the cross so that for those of us who trust in him, uh, the penalty has been satisfied. We are made right with you. And Lord, the sanctification process begins as God, as Jesus sends us his Holy Spirit to help assist us in becoming people who want to obey your commands and thus becoming more like Jesus himself and walking into the fulfilled life. And Lord, we await the day when ultimately, because Jesus has defeated evil on the cross, he will return and fully and totally reign where there is no presence of evil, sin, sickness, or death. Lord, it is in your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me for today's reading, and I hope to see you back here tomorrow as we continue our journey reading through the Bible together.